listening to our New Chapel podcast. We're for people to connect with God and be raised to new life in Christ. Be sure to connect with us at newchapel.com and on social media to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel. Well, happy Easter, New Chapel. It is Resurrection Sunday. The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. Can I hear a better amen than that? Come on, church. This is our big day in Christendom. It is the day that we celebrate the empty tomb. And on days like this, we have special messages. We obviously have a lot of visitors today. And it is on those special days that I like to brag a little bit about my family, about the staff and team here at church. Indulge me for just a moment. Uh, I am married to a beautiful woman. Her name is Erica. She's in the front row right now. And uh, yeah, absolutely. We have together four children. That is a lot of kids. Uh, we have our oldest is Aurelio, and then there is Jack Filippo. We call him Frank and Vera, my daughter. I never knew I needed a daughter until she came. And uh, that is our family. And on behalf of the Bevelacquas, on behalf of the staff here at New Chapel, the Go Team that's serving your kids and pouring you coffee and leading us in worship, we wish you a very happy Easter. And uh, if you could, on your seat, you receive one of these little response cards. It's in your church paperwork. If you could pull that out, this is an all play. Everybody do it. In fact, I can see y'all right there. You're not doing it yet. You, you pull it out. This is an all play. Pretty important for today. Grab this little response card. And uh, here's one of my favorite parts. We'll do it again towards the end, but let's all click our pens at the same time. It's my favorite. You ready? One, two, three. Isn't that the best? I don't know. Just Okay, so uh, we do this once a year, this response card, and here's the idea with it is that this is the one Sunday out of the whole year where everybody comes on the same day. And uh, welcome to Western Michigan, right? And so uh, we want to just get on the same page, share some information with one another. Uh, show of hands in the room. How many of you believe in the power of prayer? Could you lift your hand? Is that awesome? Perfect. Then I need you to put a prayer request at the bottom today uh, because here's the deal. If we believe in it, here's what I know. Every one of us, our family included, we have needs and, and we want to agree with you on the word of God. Here's the good news, is that this little part at the bottom is detached from your personal information. So our prayer team is not going to see your personal information, know your business, but they can be praying for your need in a direct way. And so please do put any prayer requests down if you are a visitor, anything like that. And then on the back, let's all turn to the back together. Uh, this on the very back, uh, sections one and two really help me. And let me tell you why. We do a series right after Easter every single year that's answering questions that are on your mind. And so some of the best messages Jesus ever preached were recorded in the Bible, and they were a response to a question that was posed to him. And I'm a shepherd. I have a regular diet. I believe I hear from the Lord to give you, but this is your opportunity. I want to know. And so we have some suggestions there. Feel free to check one or as many of those as interest you. Also, you don't have to do any of that. You could fill in that little other part. And honestly, that'd be my favorite is if you would put what is, is on your mind, the doubt 
that you might have. And, and let me take a whack at it. The Bible has answers for these things. Amen, somebody? And so make sure that you fill that out. Uh, section three there is, is your next step in your spiritual journey. Maybe you know that already. Maybe you're like, hey, I got to find a church home. Don't know if it's New Chapel, but I'm all ears. Send me your information. Or you say, Pastor, I need to get baptized. I'm a Christian, but I got to get wet. Perfect. You let us know, and we'll get back in touch with you. And then you can see those boxes down there. We'll deal with that later in the service. So same way we all took it out, let's all put this away. Tuck that in your Bible, and we are going to jump in to the Easter message together today. Are you ready? The Bible says this in Romans chapter 8. The Bible says that the Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. So the Spirit of God, this is what it's trying to convey, the Spirit of God, that resurrection power, the power of God, it was not just for Jesus at one time. That the power of God, the the power of Easter was something that was for that moment, but then also deposited in every Christian. That that power of God wasn't spent in that moment. And the Bible says that that was the greatest show of God's power, was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was the greatest power show he ever did, the great miracle. But listen to me, it's in you. It's not something that's distant. It wasn't just for Jesus. It is for you. And if you are a believer and no one's ever told you that, there is dynamic power from heaven inside you and available in your daily life, which means something. Trek with me for a moment. It means that we don't just celebrate Easter. We experience Easter. We experience that resurrection power, that lift on our lives. Say amen, somebody. That passage continues on. It says this, and just as, like in the same way that God raised Jesus, right? Just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will give life to the dead areas of your life, to your mortal bodies, to the thing that's dying. That's what God wants to do today. That's my prayer for you is that you would not just come in here and have a celebration. And and today is obviously, surely, worthy of celebration, but that you wouldn't just celebrate Easter, that you would experience the power of God in your life, that you would allow that to, to align your belief. Jesus never intended this to be something that was celebrated one time or just hallmarked in our life. I would put it this way, write it down. The resurrection of Jesus gives you power to do what? Close the gap between the life you're living and the life you could live. That's what God wants to do. He didn't just save you and leave you in this life with no recourse. You're left alone. God did not do that for you. He left you with power, and he wants to bridge that gap together. And every one of us feel that. Because there's areas of our life we wish it wasn't that way. It's it's actually something that might have haunted many people in the room. The thought that you're not where you're supposed to be age to date. Or you're not where you're supposed to be in life. Or you didn't think it would play out this way. Or you thought things would be different. This is something that knocks at every one of our door. And we have to reconcile that in our heart. But but God's power is available to bridge that gap in our walk with Jesus. Can I hear an amen, church? And it's actually how we see church here at New Chapel. We look at church in a very specific way. That you're not here to spend an hour on a Sunday. You're not coming to church to do holy aerobics. You know what that is where you sit down, stand up, raise your hands, wave at Jesus, back down, here we go. I mean, just, that's not what church is designed to be. It's, it's, it's supposed to be this encounter with the living God, this breath of fresh air, 
in the midst of a dark world, to give you energy and strength to be able to go through this world that we live in. Amen, somebody? And I'm a pastor. My heart is to take you on a spiritual journey, steps and stages. I love that. I'm a systems guy. I love to be able to like see it on paper, take people in a marked way. And I love God because he thinks that way. He has a journey that he wants to take you on. As a shepherd, I'm called to take you on that journey. I'm like a tour guide, if you would. And and what I'd like to do is, is show you your next step. Show you this is, okay, that's the, now this is your next step. And take you on that spiritual journey. And as I was praying about today, as I was studying for this message, and I'm thinking about the power of God that's available to all of us, and I'm thinking about how, how Jesus wants to take us on a journey, and I'm thinking about process, here's what kind of landed in my lap. Why three days? I'm an efficiency guy as well. Like, that's why I drive efficiently. And, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, like, God, why was Jesus, why did he die on Friday and he was in a tomb on Saturday and he rose on, he's dead three days over the course of three calendar. Why do that? I get the fact that he had to die for our sin, that he paid the price for the worst of us, that he ratified salvation through a resurrection. I understand all of that, but I'm thinking, okay, let's do this efficiently. Just show up. Just, just be like, hey, what's going on? Jump up on that cross, die. And they go, what? All better. You're on your own. You know, and just, I mean, I'm, I'm, trying to, and I'm not trying to be sacrilege at all. I'm really trying to think about this. God, why did you do that? And it hit me. God is showing you with patience how he values process. He's not in a rush. He's, he's modeling. Jesus is modeling for us. I don't hate process. In fact, the Bible records that when when the stone was rolled back, that his grave clothes were folded. These are the actions of a man whose death, burial, and resurrection was no surprise for him. He is okay with process. Friday teaches us something. Saturday teaches us something. Sunday teaches us something. And you say, well, why three days? Why 33 years? Why be born as a baby? Why not show up as an adult? He was born and he lived. And why three years of ministry? Jesus made peace with process. And I, I really convinced me. I saw this in scripture. It's in 1 Peter 2. Let me read it for us. That Jesus suffered everything that came his way so that you would know that it could be done. Boy, that's a relief. And also know how to do it. Here it is. Step by step. Step, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He's okay with the process. We can learn from it, and it is shown in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Y'all still with me? Say, yeah? Okay, Friday. What does it mean? What is is he teaching us with Friday? Write it down. Friday is the day of pain. Well, that's clear in the story of Friday, Saturday, Sunday for Jesus, the Good Friday story. This is the day he was whipped. This is the crown of thorns. This is, the, this is the, uh, the piercing of a spear in his side, the nails in his hands. It was horrendous. And by the way, it's amazing to me that Jesus, who could have chose any time in history when to deposit himself into this world, he chose the time when capital punishment was at its worst. I'm not saying it's easy, but if he was to come today, it would be lethal injection. It's fairly quick. He chose a process to lean in 
to the pain of it all. Why did he do that? Jesus wanted to experience the day of pain so that he could help you through your day of pain. He resonates with our problems. He came as a man. He experienced what we experience. And here's what I know as a pastor. Here's what I know on our 10th Easter is... People come in here, and you're looking good. You got your collared shirt on. Some of you men wore a tie. You look ridiculous. You look like you're choking. You know, I mean, just, you came in, you're wearing cologne. Your wife has dragged you out the house. You look crazy. I love you. You look great. You look very uncomfortable. Some of you look very cavalier. You look good. You're smiling. You got your church face. You smile. You got coffee. We're worshiping God. You're waving at Jesus. He's like, you know, all you're thinking about is ham, you know, you're just, you just want and here's what I know. People come in and they look great on the outside. We've been taught very well in Western Michigan. But on the inside, there's some pain going on. There's some hurt. And I'm not going to call you out in the room. I don't know your problems. God does. And the problems can look a lot of different ways. But here's the operative word. If there's a single word focus for this day of pain, it's that you're warring. You don't want to be this way. But you hurt. And this pain is real in your life. But friend, Jesus resonates with all of that. Maybe you can identify with some of these. Here's some types of pain. First one is physical pain. Maybe you came in here and again, you look good. But your body is in pain. You hurt. And here's what I know about pain. Take it from a person who's experienced a little bit. I don't know what you're going through, but I've experienced some pain. It can affect your soul. A physical pain can start to affect your attitude, how you feel. You can start to feel hopeless when you start to hurt in your body. And, and, and listen, though hope might be fleeting for you, know this. Jesus understands completely what you're going through. He experienced pain like yours and greater. He knows uh, there's also emotional pain. So it's clear physical pain, right? The, the suffering on the cross. But did you ever think of Jesus' emotional pain? Because he experienced it. It was very real for Jesus. He went through that. We think of the crowds and the miracles, and that is true, and that happened. And I'm sure it was energizing. But at the same time, there were just many more people who despised him. The Bible says that he was despised, rejected, betrayed. And in that time, at that cross, he was a man acquainted with grief, of sorrows, that he was not happy about what he was facing. And that should tell something to the Christian. You can have joy that's eternal and still have a lack of happiness, just a down fall in your lap. Jesus understands that. Why did they reject him in his day? Well, several reasons. Uh, one thing is that he was poor. He came from a poor family. He was born in a barn to a mother that wasn't married. And I'm sure that they called him every name that was associated with all of that, he was betrayed and rejected by people that were closest to him. And, and, and some of the closest people in his life bailed on him in, in very, very Spartan moments of relational integrity. He experienced this emotional pain. And God knows, and I, I knew this when I was praying for you, that some of you are coming in and you're carrying that into the room. And, and what I pray for you today is that there's a lift, that there's a resurrection power that lifts that junk off from your life. So there's emotional pain. And then write this one down. There's relational pain. Relational pain. So yeah, he was rejected. Jesus knows what it's like to be single. He knows what every temptation that a single person would face. 
Bible says he was tempted in every like manner as we are, yet he did not sin. And yet I've heard the old timers say, yeah, well, Pastor Joe, he might have known what it's like to be single, but he doesn't know the temptation of marriage, you know? Okay, really? The Bible calls us the bride of Christ. Not only does he know what it's like to be a husband, he knows what it's like when his wife runs out on him. He knows this relational pain. Jesus had a crazy family, like dysfunctional. I'm talking Croton level, okay? Like, you know, that's, if you don't, ask somebody. But like, um, um, <laughs> always scoring points on White Cloud and Croton. A messed up family. Crazy. Anybody in the room, you got crazy people in your family? You're going to see them today. Anybody sitting next to somebody crazy? No, put your hands down. Put your hands down. <laughs> if... If I'm asking you and you're like, I don't know anybody crazy in my family, look at me. You the crazy one in your family. <laughs> That's true. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just telling the truth. But, but here's the idea. They would stand outside of where Jesus was preaching and they'd be like, he's crazy. I don't know what he's saying. He's wrong. Don't listen to my brother. He had a crazy family. Can you imagine how that would feel for Jesus? the toll that that would take, the rejection that he would feel. Why are you saying this, Pastor Joe? Some of you came in here with that. Some of you feel this Friday thing in your life. You're in a Friday season. You're like, I wish it was a day. I'm in the day of Friday. It's a, I want it gone. And here's my hope, that you, although you feel pain, will feel the lift and power of God. There is a lesson in all of this. Let me read it for us. It's in Romans 8, 28. The Bible says... We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his, say it would be called according to his purpose for them. God didn't cause it, but he causes everything to work together. He didn't cause the hardship, the trial in your life. He didn't bring temptation. The Bible says he doesn't do those things. But at the same time, though you're going through it, he can cause it all to work together. It's the Bible word, redeem. He can take the pain that you feel and, and pancake it and make it something that is redeemed and actually send you further in life than if the pain never came. You might feel like you're being held back. Maybe that's true. But for the Christian, it's like the drawing back of a bow. You will actually be launched towards destiny, towards God's purpose, and you'll go further than you could have gone if the problem had never come. God loves to do that to the enemy of your soul, and that's the relief of pain we need. Somebody say amen in the house of God. I am not so different from you. I experience hardship and pain and lit down. There was a season in my life where I was going through it. I had emotional pain in my life. I'll even say it. I was depressed. And I sought God. I leaned in. If there's any strength I have is when things get bad in my life, I lean into God. I, don't, I never ran from him. And in a moment of prayer and forgiveness, I saw a glimpse of what I'm doing here today. And I'm here to tell you that junk lifted off from my life. I would put it this way, write it down. There is no pain, no pain that his purpose cannot redeem. That's what we need on Easter. We need to know. It helps to know that he can redeem it. It helps you go through the pain knowing he's going to leverage all this for my good. So you might be going through the, the day of pain. That's Friday. But what's Saturday? Write it down. Saturday 
is the day of confusion. It's the day of confusion. So we go to Good Friday services, and when we leave them, we're all high-fiving each other like, eh, see you Sunday. We're all excited. The disciples were not like that. The disciples were not waiting around on Saturday like, oh, this is going to be good. In fact, what's so crazy is Jesus literally told them, look, I'm going to die. I'm going I'm to be in a grave for three days, and I'm going to raise from the And they all forgot. Every one of the disciples. We think of these great men of God. They all forgot. Nobody was waiting on him. It was confusing for them. They, they were in a disorientation. His closest followers got depressed. Many of them went back to their old patterns, went fishing, went, went and did their old trades, went back to who they used to be. This wasn't a moment of triumph. It was confusing for them. And if you're stuck in a season of confusion, you know the operative word, and you hate it. I hate this word, too. If you're warring with pain, write it down, you're waiting in confusion. Oh, I hate that word, waiting. God, when are you going to show up? It's one thing to endure pain but still know that God has a promise. It's another thing to be like, God, when are you going to show up? When is this going to have a resolution to all of it? It's not happening. I feel stuck in all of this. God, where are you? And here's the deal. There's a big temptation when we're in the waiting room. What's the temptation? You can act crazy. You can do things that are out of character for you when you're waiting and you're confused and you don't know where God is. What does this day of confusion look like? Write it down. Well, simply, you want answers. But God, I know I'm going through this. Why am I going through this? That's the number one question I get asked when I'm counseling someone. They're like, Pastor, look, whatever, I'm going through it. But I just want to know why. Why am I facing this? Why is this happening now? Everything was good. This came out of left field. Why? And just to be honest with you, I say that often. God, why? There's nothing wrong with it, by the way. He can stand up to your question. But also know this. That's a three-letter word you might not have the answer to on this side of heaven. And so we have to be people that, that say, God, in the midst of the why, I can be patient and I can trust you. When I uh, get to heaven, I've got some why questions I want to ask some of the major Bible characters. I'm a Bible nerd, as you probably can understand. And, and so I, I want to get up there to heaven, and I've, I'm going to go find Adam, okay? Here's the big question, not why you ate the apple. That, you ask him that. I'm going to go be like, Adam, lift up your shirt. You got a belly button or not? You know, like I just, I just let's see. <laughs> Prove it, you know? And so I'm, I want to see it. I'm going to go find Noah, and I might take him behind the barn before the judgment seat of Christ. But, but I might be like, why, why didn't you, like, deal with those two mosquitoes on the ark before you closed, like, help a brother out, everybody, like, and so I, I've got my why. Somebody, when I was talking about this, they sent me this list of ponderables, ponderables. What is ponderable? Like, hmm, you know, and, and, and here's one. Why don't sheep shrink when it rains? Anybody else? <laughs> why is the word abbreviated so long? I don't, I, why is it, why is it, little, why, why is the time of the day where there's so much traffic, why do they call it rush hour? Makes no sense to me. Why are they called apartments if they're all put together in a little building like i don't i don't understand these things why is the guy who invests my money called a broker i'm a simple guy that scared me at first like what's going on (laughs) if it's so safe to fly why when i'm getting on my plane is it called a terminal that's horrifying for me they say well it's safer to drive you know and, and and it's not your time to go but what if it's the pilot's time to go i don't know about that it's anyway that's just you all look like you needed to laugh in the midst of this message today but 
What happens when we're confused? Write it down. We begin to doubt, right? We begin to doubt things, doubt what we heard, doubt what's going on. The disciples weren't waiting for Sunday. Even when Jesus was raised from the dead, one of his disciples said, hey, prove it. I don't even believe what y'all are saying. Let me see his hands. Let me see his side. It's true. Some of you, listen to me, you've been going to church for a long time, and you don't even think this is real anymore. You've gotten cold and narrow. You're bitter because you started to doubt. You didn't see the answer on your timetable because that's how God works. And, 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 and you begin to doubt the process and undermine if this is even real. And if you don't deal with this with God, you'll go to the next level. And that is, write it down, you'll give up. I'm done. I, I, W, I, I. It is what it is. I'm over it. Whatever happens, God, you take my teenager. I'm done with it. God ain't going to take your teenager back, by the way. That's your teenager. You made them all by your lonesome. And so, well, actually, you took two, but that's another sermon. Okay. If you don't solve it, you'll give up. One disciple went and hung himself. Another one, the great apostle Peter, he went back fishing. He quit the ministry. And so this is something that happens on Saturday when you're confused. You begin to doubt. You begin to give up. And what's the next thing? You begin to feel abandoned. Write it down. You can be surrounded by people. This is what I found with people who feel abandoned. Surrounded with people, yet you feel alone. Everybody is around you, yet you don't feel like you have anyone. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? This is something that knocks at all of our doors. I feel alone. I feel by myself, Pastor Joe. How do we find relief from Saturday's confusion? Here's what I have done. I told you, when things get hard, when I don't know what's happening, when I can't reconcile all the facts, I lean in and I begin to worship my God. That's what I do. I worship God. I get into his presence. Uh, There was a Bible character. He's actually the worship leader for King David. He was one of the psalmists. And he's in this season where he's seen wicked people do really well. And conversely, he's seen the people of God not do very well. And he's kind of complaining at God, fussing at him, like, I'm being pure. I'm acting holy. And look what I'm getting for. Like, he's complaining to God, God, you're not helping me out a bit. But it says this in Psalm 73. Let me read it for you in verse 16. He eventually gets to the spot. When I tried to understand all of this, It troubled me deeply until I entered the sanctuary of God, and then I understood. Friend, it's not going to make sense. If you try to reason with yourself how the world's logic works, they don't know how their logic works, by the way, you're going to struggle with some of the decisions that affect your life. God, why? Why is it turning out this way? Why is it so difficult on my generation versus my parents? God, why am I facing this sickness, hardship? God, why? But if you get in the presence of God, then you understand. Understand what exactly? Again, I face hard things just like you. I remember when my dad got sick, and and it didn't make sense to me. It was confusing. And then he got well. God healed him. And then he died. You say, well, God, what was that all about? I think about my nephews. I lost two nephews. One passed away, and then my nephew, Michael, passed away. Michael was like a son to me. He really was. I loved him, and he died, and you didn't even know this. I'm trying to lead a church, and I'm going through my own personal Saturday in my walk with God. Like, God, what's going on? But I don't stay there. I leaned in, and I worshiped my God, 
And within 10 minutes, I got this thing drop within me. This answer began to show up. And it wasn't that I understood everything that happened. I had a peace that I can't describe. And it got to the spot where it's like, God, I'm good not knowing the answer to all of my questions until we're talking face-to-face in heaven. I'm good. I don't understand what happened, but I understand you. And I trust you through it all. And that cuts the confusion. That cuts the fog in our life. Amen, somebody? We need that resolution. So you might be going through a Friday, a, a day of pain, but if you're going through a Saturday in your life, write it down, there is no confusion that his presence cannot calm. Whatever you're going through at your lowest, at your worst, at your most foggy moments mentally, in his presence he can calm seas that are raging in your mind. Amen, church? So Friday is really knowing that there's no pain he can't redeem. And there is no confusion that he cannot calm. Now, I am a shepherd. I don't want you to stay in Friday. I don't want you to stay in Saturday. Ultimately, I want to take you to Sunday. And that is this Sunday is the day of, get excited with me, it's the day of resurrection. Praise God, right? <laughs> the lift of Sunday is available. So if you're warring in Friday, if you're, if you're waiting in Saturday, what's Sunday's word? It is winning. And we need to stack some wins in our life. Sunday is coming. Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead. And resurrection isn't a Bible topic. Resurrection, the Bible shows us, is a person. It says it in John 11. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who, say it with me, the one who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and say it with me lives and believes in me will never die. Do you say it with me? Do you? And that's what I'm asking for you to do today. That's what's asked of you. It's not that you just believe in Jesus. A lot of people do. Western Michigan does. It's that you would believe on him. It's that you'd bank your life on him. Not that you know God, that you know him. Write it down. There's no death that his power cannot resurrect. That's what God wants to do for you today. Now, I want to close with one verse. And it is a verse that jumped off the pages of the Bible when I read it. All of this is in there. I think you'll enjoy it. Philippians 3, let me read it for us. The Bible says this in verse 10. I want to know Christ. Again, not intellectual, a heart knowing, a relational knowing of him. And the Apostle Paul's writing this. He says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Well, why is Paul writing that? Because the Apostle Paul faced some Friday, Saturday moments in his life. And then it says something very interesting to suffer with him Friday, sharing in his death. The Bible says we die daily, Saturday, so that one way or another, I will Sunday experience that resurrection. Do you see it? It is a journey. It is a stage. God wants to take you on. He did not save you to leave you where you're at. And if you're in here and you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus, he doesn't want to leave you in that spot. He wants to get you to a spot where you know your God. And that is where we're at. It's decision time. With every head raised and every eye open, would you grab out your response card one more time? This is an old play, everybody. You're going to feel pretty left out if you don't grab it. Grab that response card. 
real quick. Since you like doing it the first time, I'll give you another shot. Ready? We're all gonna click that pen one more time. Ready? One, two, three. Isn't that cool? Do it at parties, I don't know. I'm gonna invite you to check one of these four boxes. Before you do, I'm gonna explain what they mean. And you might be resistant to this and whether you check a box today or not, listen to me, you are one of these four. What do they stand for? I want you to check A, if you're a person who says, I'm already in a real relationship with Jesus. Pastor Joe, I'm not perfect, but I am forgiven. I love God. And for whatever it is, I know him and I'm following Jesus. So you might say, I'm already in a real relationship. You might check B if you're a person who says, well, I'm beginning a relationship with Jesus. I want to know the real Jesus. I want to know God through him. If you're a person that wants to make that decision today to go from Friday and Saturday and jump into Sunday and experience God's resurrection power, check B. Maybe you were a Christian, are a Christian, but you walked away. You started living life your own way, doing your own thing, but you want to come back home. This isn't a church decision. This isn't a religious decision. This is a relational decision. If that's you, you ought to check B. I'm beginning a real relationship. Letter C, this is for the person who says, I would like Pastor Joe just to consider it a little bit more first. I actually love that we're a church that allows people to come in and say, I don't know. New Chapel is a church that you don't have to check your brain at the door to come in here and worship God. Amen? So you might have real doubts and real questions about God. God can stand up to your doubts. Maybe you want to come a couple more times. You're like, I'm not making the decision today, but I just like to think about it. You check letter C. And then if you're in here, and this is honestly where you're at, you'd say, I don't ever intend on making that decision. I want you to mark letter D. If that's really where you're at, have the guts to mark letter D. And I'm not offended by you saying that, by the way. Let me tell you why. We've had people that were brave enough to say what they actually believed and they didn't believe. So they marked D. And in subsequent years, they marked A and they were like, hey, pastor, last year I was one of those Ds. You might think that'll never happen to you. Cool. Well, if you're not afraid, check D. And I will say that we're going to pray for you. That might make you feel good or bad or indifferent. You really can't stop us, but we're going to pray over all these cards, whether you check it or not. But I'm going to pray for you. And here's what I believe. God's going to show himself strong on your behalf. You don't have to check your brain. God can reveal himself to you. I'm going to give us about 15 more seconds. Check one of those boxes. And when you do, just put this in your lap and bow your heads. That'll let me know on stage that we're ready to press on with the rest of service. Go ahead and do that now. Five more seconds, check one of those boxes, put it in your lap real quick, and bow your heads. Now, to those people who marked letter B, I'm so proud of you. And, and let me give you a guarantee, I'm not going to embarrass you, make you stand up, come to the front. Nothing like that's going to happen. But I do want to give you an opportunity to pray. The Bible shows us, God shows us that he wants us to express our belief 
hearts. And so we're going to pray out loud. In fact, church, I invite you to join in on this. Do this supporting those people who are accepting Christ today. And do this as a declaration of your own faith. Are you ready? We're all going to pray this out loud. Pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross in my place for my sin so I can be forgiven. You raised him from the dead. This I believe. So with my heart and with these words, I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord. I surrender now. Jesus, I call on you. Come into my life. Forgive my sin. Put your spirit within me. I receive all that you have for me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give it up for those people that accepted Christ. Come on, somebody, let's celebrate. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And as you go, have a great week. We hope that you were encouraged and brought closer to God during this message. You can listen to any of our past messages and series either on this podcast or on newchapel.com slash watch. And be sure to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel.